All right, welcome to Old School Jake Uker, Ben Mankiewicz with you guys. Um, brought to you by shoptyt.com, where you can get this shirt. Have at it, Hoss, okay? You gotta, uh, I gotta puff up my chest so you can see it. When I let my gut down, it goes like this and you can't see it. All right, anyways, uh, Young Turks, this is another one. I do that, okay. You know where this, oh, look at this, you got your shirt? I got my shirt, yeah. Uh, okay, mm -hmm. FDR, resist. Resist, yeah. Okay. Um, so. Uh, I, I don't know what you think about impeachment, but after Hoyer and Pelosi, like now I'm like, oh, resist. <laughs> anyway, but they are up at shoptyt.com. Um, and the uh, uh, Pelosi is, uh, I mean, I'm with you, but she, she moved a little. Yeah, you know why she moved? Yeah, of course. The same reason everybody moves. The uh, execution of political pressure. Huh. <laughs> yeah, so I don't know if you saw the article. I'm sorry, in her heart. <laughs> so we'll start with a little bit of politics, and we're gonna get. Uh, we'll do some fun. Um, uh, like, I have these questions uh, that I always wonder. Like, what do you do with your sweaty clothes? We'll get back to that. Hipster or homeless? We'll get back to that. Uh, but uh, it's, I, I'm bothered by this. I was on the cruise uh, on a vacation for a week. When a lot of that stuff was happening, so I didn't get to vent yet. Um, uh, I vented a little bit on the, the last episode of Aggressive Progressives, but uh, so Political Magazine had an article that came out today about the Intercept, and the guy who wrote it is a good guy, and he's mainly like uh, explaining what Washington thinks, right? And uh, who wrote it? What's his uh, name? Stephen uh, Perlberg, uh, and he used to be at BuzzFeed. Now he's doing freelancing, and he did this one for Political Magazine. And he was at Wall Street Journal before. Anyway, so, and um, and he talked to me uh, about the article too, and I there's one quote from me in it. Uh, I think it's the only quote that is unmitigatedly positive <laughs> about the intercept. Uh, everybody else is like, either we hate them, they're the worst of the worst, or, uh, well, they have some upsides, but they also suck, <laughs> right? And so, why? Um, well, he quoted Democratic consultants. That makes sense. Uh, they're because the Intercept covers a lot of stories uh, about progressives, and they also uncover uh, corruption in the Democratic Party. Yeah, they're fairly hostile to the to the Democratic Party. Yeah, they're there because they're watchdogs, uh, and it's it's not because they're Republicans, <laughs> right? And they don't come at it from the right wing perspective, which is I don't know. Let's make up. Right? <laughs> they don't do that at all. They, they're fact based, they uncover memos, documents, etc. Right? And, um, and so the consultants don't like them because they're part of the establishment and, and the intercept is um, revealing things about them. Uh, totally get it. Totally get it. It's also a, you're leaving out the personality issue. Um, you mean with Greenwald? Yeah, they or? don't like Glenn. And, and, That's and, true, and, they, and, and they have some they have some reason not to like him. He is, I mean, he is deliberately provocative and in their face, and calls them names, and is not just doing journalism. Just I'm not knocking any of the pieces or any of the people who work there. So if Glenn Greenwald were not associated with the Intercept, there would be far less consternation about the work of the Intercept. I hear what you're saying, and that sounds 100% right, except that this um, article's focus was on their political coverage, which Glenn is not really part of. I got it, but it, it's why they are already whipped up about it. I'm not saying this I, article I, wouldn't exist, it might well. Um, yeah, yeah, so and, and the main character they were focusing on was actually Ryan Grimm, who I think is not only a great reporter, I might go as, I mean, look, it's, I might go as far as saying he's the best reporter or editor in DC. A reporter, that's a really crowded field and there's some wonderful reporters, including other people at The Intercept like James Risen, who was at the New York Times and broke some of the most important stories of the last 10, 20 years. But as far as editors go, yeah, I definitely got Ryan at number one. And But so they were, they were focused on that. And in this case, they mentioned Glenn Greenwald and kind of what you're alluding to, Ben. But they were mainly mad at at their political coverage led by Ryan, 
And because they keep exposing what the DCCC is doing, sending out a memo saying don't attack Democrats, for example, in primaries. And then, then they show the DCCC attacking a Democrat in a primary. Well, that's 100% true. And it nails on a chalkboard in Washington. Why don't you just let us be hypocrites? God damn it, you're ruining unity. Well, that's not his goddamn job, right? His job is to do reporting. And so, uh, so the consultants I get, but a lot of the media is just like, mm, mm, I don't like that. Why not? Why not? Why is it your job to defend the Democratic Party? I just, I don't. Know, but that suggests that the media thinks that their job is to defend the Democratic Party, and I know that's not true. So, oh, they hate. Pro- no, so this is where we're okay. going to disagree. Well, yeah. I mean, I got it. They, they hate like, progressives. No, they yeah. don't hate progressives. You, you sound crazy, and you. you but, but are you kidding me? The other today, John was talking about how Chris Lizza wrote a piece uh, saying Bernie Sanders is a front runner, mm-hmm. and he's like, he had to read it twice because he's like, this sounds positive, and like we. Like, can't believe our eyes. It's like literally like the first positive article about Bernie Sanders that, that we can point to. Like, because well, first we're not off, first article about Bernie Sanders from, from Chris Siliza? Yeah. Washington Post, mainstream uh, media. That's an insane thing to say. Yeah, I mean, you're, 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 your brain is misfiring on how you read stuff. You read the negative stuff, you think the world is centered around. You're, you're wrong, and you sound dumb. And it, it's the dumbest <laughs> you've ever sounded. And it's a totally repeat wrong. of the dumbness from 2016. You have their. You were 100% right. <laughs> what, what? That the media. Like, the, the, the media hated Bernie Sanders? Yes, and, and, and then <laughs> so that, like, the media hated Donald Trump, and yet Donald Trump used it to victory. Bernie Sanders didn't. I don't think the media. So. Yeah, but they gave Donald Trump a billion dollars while uh, in free media while hating him. Bernie Sanders again. Okay, Sanders. Uh, you know, no one on the Sunday shows more. None, no one. He won most frequent guest on the Sunday show. No one on the network news less. Yeah, and then one second from now, you'll be like, the network news doesn't matter. Nobody pays attention. I'm the one who argues that the network news matters. And, and, and by the way, in the in the campaign, of course, the network news massively covered his opponent negatively, Hillary mm-hmm. Clinton, unbelievably. So yeah, I, no, but that's what I'm saying, Ben. I'm not biased. Did, did the did the press and the media were they tough on Hillary Clinton? Absolutely, yes. They were, and uh, you know, Bernie was right when he said enough about the damn emails, right? And they did. They help Republicans with their framing and their talking points, and they're not doing it consciously. They're not like, let's help Republicans, right? But yeah, they battered Hillary Clinton on some stuff that mattered and some stuff that didn't. And then that, and then, but on the stuff that I think is way more important, they they were some good reporting. New York Times did some good reporting on the Clinton Foundation, but largely was like considered Reeve Gauche, like don't talk about the foundation; that's uncomfortable, right? Considered by whom? They barely touched it. I mean, the foundation stuff was so much more important than the emails. But so my thesis on that is that the foundation goes to the. Corruption that Washington is built on. Saudi Arabia gives money to the Clinton Foundation and they hire all these people who work in Washington, right? And that's how Washington goes around. So it's uncomfortable. Emails, nobody else has a private server. Let's go her up. I got it. But that's what the Republicans were talking about. Those, there were, there were, I read and you read some, including one. You'll remember it better, but I mean, including one ten thousand word piece on the on yeah, the, that's the one I'm referring to. It was great right. reporting. Yeah, so and nobody cared much, right? I mean, you mm-hmm. want a process story about how Washington works, and Americans aren't that interested in that. Doesn't mean you should stop talking about it, and trying to fix it, but it is a much tougher sell. Nah, so here's what could have happened, right? And and then people would have cared. Um, so. Why is Saudi Arabia giving, I don't remember the numbers now, but 10 million, 20 million to the Clinton Foundation? Because they really care about human rights. They care about healthcare in America or Uganda or wherever the Clinton Foundation was doing healthcare. No way, they're obviously, obviously buying influence and the Clintons are letting them. And but that's very uncomfortable. So that's I remember Anderson Cooper saying it in one of the debates to Bernie Sanders. Are you saying that this that the money that they raised in that case it wasn't the foundation? You're talking about the donor money might have affected her vote. Are you saying that? Like, yeah. I mean, Bernie didn't say because he's too damn polite. But yeah, of course, of course, it affected her vote. But that's the core of Washington. It's it's built on corruption. 
Yes, the money affects their votes. Yes, 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 yes. And that's Reeve Ghosh. That's, I mean, how often do you see that? You almost never see that written. It affects their votes. I got it. You've been saying it for 15 years, and and everybody else has, and part of the and everybody else associated here has, and it, it's it's largely true. It is a little screaming into the wind, and I am not going to participate, and I resent your participation in, and everybody else's participation here in this sort of generic ripping, like the right wingers do, of the media, and it's horse crap. And mm -hmm. yeah, Bernie Sanders does not get covered, and progressives don't get covered the same way. They don't because they are attempting to. Shock the system, deliver a massive change to the system, and 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 the system resists that. But again, you take this incredibly nuanced issue and present it always in these incredibly simple. wrong. No, uh, it's fact, right. You present fact, it simplistically fact, as the press fact, hates progressives. Exactly what I'm doing is nuance. No, you're so not. what was so the right wing says? Oh, the media is all involved in a conspiracy where they all talk to each other and make up stories. See, that's not nuanced. That's, you're an idiot if you believe that, right? Mm -hmm. What's nuanced is. Um, no, the media is trying to, in their mind, do the right thing. There's no global conspiracy. There's no smoke-filled rooms. But there is a certain groupthink in Washington, and that groupthink influences things. That doesn't mean we should get rid of the media. That doesn't mean they're the enemy of the people. It means we should work hard at trying to fix the media. That's a nuanced position. That's not the position you started this conversation with. And, no, and but they, but but they are biased. So the bias is the group think. All right, but then, again, that's it is that's different from what you said. It's different from many of your tweets. No, but it's different it's, from no, the, it's not. No, it's not. Yes, it, it is. Their, their bias is against progressives. They so the only thing is I'll I'll withdraw and I do I make this mistake often is I use the word hate like they hate Bernie Sanders or they hate progressives. I can't help but say that it's not really accurate. They largely have disdain for them. They don't believe in anything they, they believe. They think it's radical, extreme, and they have alternative facts where they believe that the polling isn't real. In reality, the American people love progressive, progressive positions. That's based on polling. And almost every mainstream journalist write it, writes it as radical, extreme, left wing, etc. I don't know about almost every, but some do. A lot do, Ben. You know that. I do know, but again, I don't I don't I, I don't think I think almost every is careless. Nah. I don't think so. I, I, you know, what are we gonna, we're gonna, we can make up numbers, eighty percent, ninety percent, but it ain't fifty-one percent, and it ain't thirteen percent. Uh, so a huge percentage of them assume that progressives are wrong because they live in Washington, and that, and groupthink in Washington is this is a center-right country, and the right wing is always right. right. And 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 part of the reason they think that, and and might say it, and it's not eighty or ninety percent. That's as wrong as fifty-one percent. It's closer to fifty-one percent, maybe under fifty-one percent. Especially now, because there has been a massive change, partly driven, enormously driven by Bernie Sanders, then partly driven by this show, people like you, mostly you of the people like you, uh, of which you should take enormous uh, pride and credit in. Um, so that it doesn't happen as much. If you think it happens as much, you are literally, I, I mean, I think that you are biased. I think very strongly that you have become jaded by the by the same rules that apply to them, by what you, the manner in which you take in news. So the way Bernie Sanders is referred to and those policies is referred to has changed completely in four years, massively in four years. Not to your satisfaction and probably not to a satisfying degree of satisfaction. But of course it's changed. Um, and part of the reason, now I'll back up your point, that the press in the big picture press thought that those ideas were radical was because both political parties told them that it was radical. You see, that's a great point, okay? And that's why I can't stand the Democratic leadership. And the media kisses their ass. Oh, well, Nancy Pelosi said it. I got so. it, but but it's... They are trained to believe it's not that in that manner of that sort of well Nancy Pelosi said it I'm a moron so I'm going to report it That's no but they are trained you get two sides of the story not progressives and conservatives not populist versus establishment That's right the two sides are Republican Party leadership and Democratic Party leadership which generally agree on most policies well I, I disagree vehemently on that no but, again but, that's way too simplistic but, but, but there is but a, they certainly agree on economic policies. That are to the benefit of their donors. They have, um, for, you know, the Republicans seem to have be leaving that compact. Um, yeah, with Trump. Yep. Yeah. Um, so and, Partly, and, and but but and, also going more towards it in other ways. Yeah. Um, so, uh, but when there is not the when you are 
grew up in an era of you cover both sides and you have uh, people who don't like each other and generally don't get along, Nancy Pelosi and Mitch McConnell, and they both say that free college is radical. Well, mm-hmm. then that will frame you for saying that's radical. Totally. Um, yeah, that, that's true, and that's why it's not a conspiracy. That's why it's groupthink. Okay, I just but then you've said again. You then, but it does lead to bias, though. Okay, it, yes, it leads to a bias. Yeah, it leads. It le- leads to a very natural bias against progressives. Yes, that's right, and 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 that's a that that is a fair point. But also by that same token, when you imitate somebody's voices, Nancy Pelosi told me, don't pretend that you're not saying that person's not a moron. That's what red voice means. <laughs> that's the point I, of people I do making believe that. They're not doing their job right. That's true. Yeah, right. and and yeah. I guess so. You know, to come all the way back around to Politico, Politico's article, um, and, and this comes back to my wife's point, which I uh, I've said a couple of times now, which is that I shouldn't be surprised when they fight us, right? Because we're fighting them, and so uh, you say I'm biased in this regard. Uh, of course, since I'm me, I don't think I am. I don't and think. Hold on, I want to read before you go on. Just I, I don't think you're biased. That's why I use the wrong word. I, I, I think you are far too narrowly assessing the press, um, mm-hmm. and that you clearly, to me, have a propensity to see and react emotionally. To stories that negatively impact. Well, I'll tell you why. And so, yeah, look, I, everybody I, knows, and we couldn't be more upfront. We're homo progressives. We have a perspective that's different than being biased. So, the example I go to often is, you know, I thought Trump had a pretty good chance of winning. At different times, I thought I was very clear throughout that he was going to win the Republican nomination. Even though he's my second least favorite candidate for a long time, eventually was my least favorite candidate. Who was your least favorite? Ted Cruz. (laughs) And so I hated him, but I thought he was gonna win the Republican nomination. I hated him, but I thought he had a very good chance of winning the presidency. So I'm not letting my emotions get in the way of my analysis in that regard. And there are zillions of times where you don't let your emotions get in the way. Right, and in this case, if that happens at all, I I don't think it's happening, but I, I certainly see your point. That, that I am more emotional about it, right? And that's true, I hope it's not clouding my judgment and my analysis. But the reason I get emotional about it is because they've been punching us in the face for 20 straight years. So it's like that scene out of anger management where they're telling Adam Sandler, sir. Just calm down. Right? Please calm down, right. I, I am calm. <laughs> <laughs> well, now I'm not calm, now I'm not calm, right? Like, oh, you're a radical extremist. Yeah, 70% of the country agrees with you, but you're a piece of shit. And you have no chance of ever winning. And these policies will never happen. And these policies suck. And they're radical. And they're extreme. Hey, what are you getting all upset about? Right? And then when I get upset, then they're like, okay, then I definitely hate this guy because he's saying I'm a journalist and this is my life. Right? Fighting for change is super hard. And, and, and I agree. I mean, to some extent, that, that analogy is uh, true. But, it's, but you have a tendency to think it's everyone because you, I think, because you so intensely focused on when it happens. Yeah, um, so on you, Do you think the conversation has changed in four years? Yeah, but uh, it, in a slightly different way than you think it's changed. I'll get to that in a second, but uh, and we are in a second, you know, normally old school is less political, more personal. We're actually gonna get, this is gonna accidentally wind up at a great uh, epiphany I had, which are always fun, okay, on the cruise that I went to. Um, so on uh, the cruise I was on. Mm-hmm. Okay, I, okay, right. I suppose that's true. Yeah. Okay, grammar police over here. <laughs> okay, see bias against me. Okay, anyway. Uh, so, but I, I had Dana Milbank on the show earlier this week from the Washington Post. He wrote uh, this super article: uh, uh, Bernie Sanders, the tr- uh, Trump of the left. Okay, and I railed against it uh, a couple weeks ago when it came out. Um, but he was. Intellectually curious enough, interesting enough, uh, yeah. etc., to come on the show to talk about it. Right, and I know Dana a little bit from the MSNBC days, and when he was my guest a couple of times on on that show, and then um, so, and then when we talked, it was much calmer, and it was back and forth, and we understood each other, and and I think that he conceded a lot of the points, and I think that he. 
he in his mind wasn't thinking I hate Bernie Sanders, Bernie Sanders is the same thing as Donald Trump. But I think that it came off that he was saying 80% that Bernie Sanders is like Donald Trump. And I don't I think know- Think it came off in the piece or- In, in the piece. Yeah, I thought so. Yeah. yeah. And so, okay, that's the conversation you want to happen mm -hmm. instead of me railing against the piece. But I think both have a place, right? I think both have a place too. I mean, I've had a thousand, calm the hyperbole down. I've had 135 conversations over my life of about you. I've had, I've had a thousand conversations about you. I've had 135 of the conversations I'm about to describe where people say, I think he's too angry. And, uh -huh. and I go, yeah, he's angry. I got frustrated a lot because sometimes I thought the anger was misplaced and I don't want to sit next to somebody who's yelling and it's not, I'm not into it. Um, That's only wrong, man, I'll tell you that right now. Uh, and, then I, <laughs> and then I say, I gotta tell you, uh, thank God somebody's angry. Um, and you know, I don't think he's ever uh, uh, out of line and I don't think he's ever, you know, he's never deliberately cruel and he never deliberately gets something wrong to suit his purpose. He's pissed, we should be pissed. And part of why things have turned is because Guys like Jenk were pissed, so it's okay. Yeah, um, and yeah. and so so anyway, that to that yeah. Thank there, you there's for a, saying that. But, well, so look, and and to the po point of non-bias. Um, quick aside here. Look, I'm starting to get pissed at the Democratic uh, progressive uh, people running for uh, president. When are we going to talk about money and politics? I mean, that's why I'm uh, I like Elizabeth Warren. She's at least got really great proposals and she's pressing on it. You know, if she would just stop talking about impeachment, she could make three or four concrete policy proposals a day instead of one or two. <laughs> um, uh, right, I mean, what a, she put that, that idea of you can't talk about impeachment and do policy at the same time. Uh, she, she was talking she, about policy six minutes later. That's right, yeah. I mean, how hard was that? It wasn't and, hard and at she all. she was talking she, about policy in a narrow way and a big way. Yeah, and, and that, so that shows that that talking point is total nonsense. Uh, that, oh, you can only do one at a time. The other talking point that, uh, that Buttigieg now has is, if you talk about policy, you can't talk about values. Except Elizabeth Warren does all the time, so does Bernie in that case. Talks about policies and values, but that wasn't that hard. Okay, well, what's the hard part? Yeah. So that's, that means you're just trying to hide your policies or don't have them. Okay, let's just keep it real. Uh, so anyway, but look, uh, they gotta talk about money and politics more because you're not gonna get this shit done if you don't get money out of politics. So, uh, it, so I deeply respect Bernie Sanders. Um, I'm not sure AOC is talking enough about money and politics. And and obviously, I, I you know I'm <laughs> couldn't be a bigger fan of AOC, right? Well, I, I would tell you, you know, that to, to that I'm sure you're right uh, that they're not because I haven't really heard them much. Um, and obviously, the country is strongly in favor of it. I don't know, you know, again, even if you'd say that 88 or whatever it is, or 78 or whatever the high percentage of people who want to get money out of politics, you know, uh, the uh, high percentage of people want, uh, you know, uh, uh, babies to live a long, fruitful life, but it doesn't mean you campaign on it and get anywhere. Right, I mean, they're they're not. Although with Medicare for all, you might. <laughs> well, no, no, that doesn't mean I'm not I'm not I'm not leaving out. Right, there there are policies that, that do. But you know, I was kidding. But there is actually um, uh, some truth to that in that it depends on your framing. Okay, so if right. you say, hey, I'm going to talk about the minutia of money and politics. Okay, then you might have a point. But if you if you say, hey, you know what, I want to end the corruption. Oh, that's going to do gangbusters. Yeah, that's right. Talking about ending corruption and making money in politics uh, the number one point of ending corruption. Uh, that's big, but it, but it, it is confusing to people. They don't really know what it means, right? Mm -hmm. Does it mean there's no money in politics? Does it mean no? That? No, it's 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 not at all. In my opinion, it's not at all confusing. I that's why I'm more annoyed at Bernie because he's the only one who can do this and would do this, but he's not yet doing it. Even Elizabeth Warren has a little bit of trouble doing this because she's a nice person. Um, you have to call it what it is. You have to say, yeah, my colleagues who. Are influenced by the donor money that they get, and that's a super hard thing to say. Yeah, it, that may be. I, I, I mean, it's it's hard. I, I don't know whether it, how effective it would be, but that's not even my point. We need, no, you, no, look, I'll just tell you this, Ben. I, if you say to people, do you think the millions of dollars politicians take affect their votes? 
Yeah, everybody you, will say. Ninety nine point nine percent of people are going to say, yeah, of course, of course, of course, it affects their votes. That's right. So and that would be an enormous. And you know what? I'm going to end it. I'm going to end it. Look, Ocheta, it's not the right policy. Uh, the amendment's the right policy. But when I asked him about money in politics, he said, "Yeah, I put a body cam on lobbyists." Yeah, that's a great. That's a great that's line. That's a great line. That's a great framing. That's how you yeah, talk yeah, about it. Sure, sure, sure. I, I got you. And 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 they're not going to talk about it enough to your satisfaction. Hopefully, they will talk about it more. You probably need. <laughs> the crazy thing is, I'm gonna say you probably need a scandal. I mean, the scandal mm-hmm. is every day, right? You know, it's hard <laughs> yeah, to say. Yeah. Like, I don't know what the scandal yeah, would be I, because I got a scandal, Washington. But the case, <laughs> because it got so easy that there literally is no scandal. Like, you, mm-hmm. you can give the money and then you get a seat at the table. You know, and you know how much I like talking about seats at the table. So, mm-hmm. uh, but what I was really gonna say is, is that like what every single person who spends time in a meaningful way in Washington, whether you end up disagreeing with them on 90% or agreeing with them on 90%, I'm talking about well-meaning people, um, is it is incredibly hard to do more than one thing. Mm-hmm. Like, and that is not, uh, that isn't corruption, that is the that is the manner in which it works. Um, and And being able to successfully do more than one or two things is and is uh, debilitating, right? And then you lose your way with the first thing. Part of that's the way the press covers things. Bill Clinton couldn't get whatever it was done because he did gays in the military first. Like, well, I don't know. You got you're the White House, right? I I would think you read you're mm-hmm. like do them both. What's the problem? What's mm-hmm. what? But you can't. And and that I think you can. Well, no, I, there I, is I, a limit though. I, I agree with you. There's a limit. The question is, you know, we're arguing and, over what and, the and limit is. And it was very hard. And in, in in the in the in, and it's always been hard, and it is particularly hard in the Trump world when he dominates the news cycle completely, right? Either with incompetence or outlandish behavior or both, um, or corruption, that it is very hard to, that's the time, of course, when it, when it is corruption then to, to try yeah. and jump on it. Well, see, here's what nobody does, including Bernie. My colleague Mitch McConnell took you know, let's now make up a hypothetical here, but you can fill in the blank with Mitch McConnell with any industry on any legislation. My colleague Mitch McConnell took $285,000 from the oil companies and voted to give them subsidies. That is robbing the American people of their hard earned tax dollars because he is corrupt and bought off by the oil companies. Right, and to that I would say, and I'm gonna agree with you. So I would say that that some people I'm certain would say, well, then they'll hit Bernie on his, you know. You know, he Bernie Sanders got $27 from Sally in Kansas. <laughs> right. And and that is why he's trying to get her health care. Right, but they'll say the thing, <laughs> they'll, they'll talk about Bernie and guns, and they'll talk about uh, uh, Bernie and, you know, they'll twist it and be, you know. Of you course know, they three will. Homes. I know, right, but like, I'll use the Mankiewicz rule, you know, what you right. said. Well, I was about 70. to say it anyway, so go yeah, ahead. Yeah, right, and yeah, then you get to say something else. Yeah, well, also, they're gonna <laughs> say it. Anyway, right. right. So, like, just so say your thing. No, it's they're not doing it because it feels impolite. Yeah, that may be. That's why you need an outsider, which gets me. And of course, because right, if you say Mitch McConnell did this, took this two hundred eighty-five thousand dollars, so did Joe Manchin, and I don't just mean to call out a a conservative Democrat. So did uh, you know? I'll make. I'll make someone. Chris Coons. Chris Coons takes money. Left and right from the insurance industry in Delaware, the banking industry in Delaware. Chris Coons is not a bad guy, he's not evil, he's not any of those things. And he votes the right way in a lot of instances. But does the money he takes from the drug companies and the bankers influence his vote? Definitely, is that corruption? Definitely. Would even Bernie Sanders call Chris Coons corrupt? No way. Right, no, that's right. And so that's why, and so you can't really do it to Mitch McConnell. Exactly, exactly right, Ben. No. This show so far, let alone any show, no one said anything more right than what Ben just said. Which is that if you say it about McConnell, they're gonna say, well, doesn't your colleague Joe Manchin also take that money? So doesn't Chris Coons, your colleague, also take doesn't that Corey money? Doesn't Cory Booker, doesn't, doesn't, you know, et cetera. And so are you, and so that that's why all the Democrats go, uh, let's not talk about it, okay? Even the good ones. And so that is what I'm deeply frustrated by. So it's not like, hey, I'm biased in favor of Bernie Sanders or anyone. I'm biased in favor of the policies. Anyway, that's not biased, that's perspective. Okay, but let's skip back to the, so I'm on the ship and and I, I'm sick and, and I talked about this in a post game. And I've got, 
I sleep a lot, so which is great. It feels so good. <laughs> so it's uh, we didn't have enough money for the balcony room, so we're in the tiny little internal room. Sounds like prison. Uh, yeah, but but in a good way. Remember the yes. old school conversation me, you, and Jill Pike had about how yeah, you'd be great to go to prison. Wanted to go to prison. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you could like do some push-ups and get some reading done. Oh, totally, <laughs> yeah. and not have any bills, no stress, mm -hmm. etc. Right. And by the way, you know, how many things can you do at once? The answer is four. I can come back and explain that later, okay? So anyway, I'm in this cute little prison that's called my cabin. And it, and since there's no windows and you're inside of a giant ship. Oh, it sounds great. It's pitch black. Oh, fantastic. Are right. you kidding me? Mm -hmm. I, and I, 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 I like took a nap at, let's, I think it was around Were your four. kids staying in the same room? No, they're staying with their uncle. And so the fact that Wendy's brother came was just a godsend, right? Because he took him to the pool, he took him to the arcade halftime, and and we did it. So we did however many times he did it for any parent. You're like, oh, thank God. Yeah, of course. Right, yeah. especially when you're sick. Yeah. So I I took a nap at like four, and it was the deepest, most wonderful slumber of my life. Right, and and I got up at five thirty, and. But I got up at 5.30 and I could just feel the slumber. Like I was like, mm, I soaked it in, I savored the slumber, sure, okay? Yeah. And, then, and then I started thinking in the dark. <laughs> and, and so here's the epiphany and then we'll uh, transition. Um, I, I realized, like I'm beating myself up because I keep thinking about it the wrong way. I think for a person who's going to be successful in media, politics, all the other things, I know what the steps are, subconsciously I know what the steps are. You're supposed to do this, then you get to this stage, and then you get to this stage, and then you get to whatever is success, right? Mm -hmm. Whatever, however you define success. Uh, and, I, and I'm so frustrated because I don't see myself taking those steps. Again, these were not conscious thoughts, but I, had, I realized at that moment that that's what I was missing and why I was frustrated, like are we not doing the right things, right? And then I realized, no, you take those steps inside the gates. If you're outside the gates and you're a barbarian like me, you don't climb up the same ladder. There is no goddamn ladder, right? You're outside the gates. So you wouldn't go from like, you know, this and then CNN and the New York Times is writing about you and then this is happening because they write about people inside the castle. And I'm outside the castle. So it's not a conspiracy. Again, back to our point and why I brought it up, it's just they're, they don't know what's outside the castle, and it's not like, like I don't care what the hell's going out there. That's the Netherlands. It's you, not I mean, the right nether, word. Nether it's regions. another world. Well, that's, 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 that's wrong. That's, that's definitely also wrong. wrong. <laughs> yeah, that's right. They're both wrong, but <laughs> stick with outside the gates. Outside the gates. <laughs> 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 so, definitely not it's the, the nether regions. Oh yeah. <laughs> no, 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 that's not it at all. But let's go back to Netherlands. That was definitely better. Okay. Anyway, you're in Holland, and <laughs> and, and so I thought, who you know the, what? So who are the Dutch? <laughs> and and so this is a little self-aggrandizing. So bear with me. But I thought maybe I got them where I want them. That like that I'm thinking about it the wrong way. That I didn't climb that ladder because I'm not climbing that ladder. Uh, if you're leading a rebellion or part of a rebellion, you're not going to go up that ladder. This is where I should be as a person involved in the rebellion. And so and the, the cool kids have figured out a way to conform better than other kids, right? Mm -hmm. Like they're pretending not to conform. And it's the, the example I've used a couple of times on the show. Where I remember when I was a kid in the 1980s, I'm in the locker room and there's one of the cool kids. And, and in the 70s, they used to pull their socks all the way up, okay, to their knees. And that was cool. Then in the 80s, that became uncool because you're trying too hard by mm. pulling your socks all the way up. And you want to be cool, you don't want to try too hard. So with the, and I saw one of the cool kids, he would pull his socks all the way up and then carefully roll them down. <laughs> I'm like, that's twice the effort. Right. <laughs> okay. Right. And whereas I would just leave my socks wherever the they were, right? Mm -hmm. Loser. <laughs> exactly. Mm -hmm. And so if and so they have figured out a way to get societal confirmation and approval in a way that is more efficient, better, etc. But if you're doing that, you're not part of a rebellion. You have figured out how to conform better to societal norms. 
and I'm not conforming. Again, it sounds like I'm painting myself as cool. That's because I kind of am, let's <laughs> keep it real. Uh, no, seriously, it's just to say it gave me peace of mind to realize I don't know if I'm going to be successful, we're going to be successful in that rebellion. But if you were in that rebellion, this is where you would be. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's right. Yeah. Right, and for whatever reason, that gave me huge peace of mind and I went back to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> God, it was so dark, wonderfully dark in that cabin. All right, YouTube guys, we gotta let you go. TYT.com slash join to get the whole old school episode, get all the Young Turks shows like a progressive Netflix. And as you can tell, we serious, we have fun. If you wanna try it out free for a week, TYT.com slash trial, okay? Podcast guys, stay right here. Um, so, um, so that happened on the ship. Did you then, uh, what did you eat on the boat? Because like, uh, they have restaurants. Yeah. Sometimes you have to pay for the restaurant separate, and then they have the, the, you know, the like cafeteria. Yeah. So them, right? we we partly talked about this in in, in that same post game. So I'll, I'll keep it quick. Uh, you know, you and I talked on in old school that even a mediocre buffet is irresistible. That's right. Yeah. And so that proved and, to be correct. And the cafeteria, the, the cruise ship cafeteria, is a. Frequently, not always a mediocre buffet. Yeah, I, you know, people told me that and I didn't believe them. Mm -hmm. uh, in my mind, uh, there was glorious. shrimp cocktail right, every right, night. Right. And and they were wrong and the buffet was gonna be excellent. No, you guys were right, it's mediocre. Yeah. Uh, but we were also right, it doesn't matter. Because yeah. even in a mini mediocre buffet, you're gonna find plenty of really good stuff. Yeah, you gotta search for a little bit for the for your for your nuggets. And first of all, it depends on what meal it is. Yeah. Like like don't eat the pizza. That's, a lot of people would disagree. Some people think the pizza is the best part. Okay, well that does not reflect. I mean, the, my, the pizza, they don't, pizza on a cruise ship is no, no, they're wrong. Those people are mistaken. <laughs> no, those people are definitely mistaken. I'm not a pizza snob. There are times when I'm like, you know, uh, um, like I, you know, I, I used to. I don't really do it anymore because he's a clown, right? But there were sometimes when I was like, oh, we'll get pizza tonight, and I was like, and we get Papa John's, right? Because yeah, yeah. it tastes like, I don't know. Thievery, you know. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah. yeah. It's, it was a little wrong. Right, right, right. right. It's, it's almost like shoplifting. Totally, that's right, that's right. <laughs> and and damn that garlic sauce. Right, right, and when it's really hot, wow, you know, it's fantastic. That's so funny you say that, and we're so similar in so many ways. Because some some bitch sent me a, a picture today of the owner of Jimmy John's, Jimmy John, whatever his last name is. Oh yeah, that is. clown, he's yeah. another clown. And yeah. I know he's a bad guy conservative, I, I, yeah. I knew that, but I tried to put it out of my mind. I didn't know it at all. Because I, I, I like their subs. I can't believe it, was his name Jimmy John? Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay, <laughs> but he has the last name, it's Jimmy John LaGuardia or whatever, right? right? And, and they sent me pictures of him with animals that he had murdered. Uh, yeah, beautiful, beautiful elephants that he had, yeah, yeah, I said one I saw, yeah. Yeah, like, and really gross, and he's like so happy, like ah, this Melvin stood no chance. I stood like super safe distance away and just mowed it down. I, with I don't know where he went, but I mean, yeah. I went to a game preserve where this is orchestrated for me. Yeah, and, and I and, killed and, this grand defenseless creature. That's right. <laughs> that's right. And and they claim that it, they're endangered. I don't know if they're endangered or not, but it just feels gross. Uh, it's gross. And, yeah, and and I'm like, God damn it! I like that roast beef sub. Why did did you do this to me? I right? sent it to my uh, wife uh, because when I saw that photo, I was like, uh oh, you're done. Because yeah. she's like, every time she's like, because I don't really like, I don't have, I have no relationship with Jimmy Johns, right? I thought uh -huh. it was a Chicago company because when I went to Chicago, it was there. And I was, I discovered. I thought it was a Louisiana company because right. I saw it first in Louisiana. Right. And so then I discovered, <laughs> oh, wait, it's like Subway. It's everywhere. It's just great. <laughs> insane. Right. Um, and, we're uh, really bright. Yeah, we're bright. And so, uh, and she's like, no, they're veggie. The best, I love their veggie sub. Great, because they didn't have to kill any animals. Right, but I would also think instantly, how's their veggie sub better than anybody else's veggie sub? I know, but right. see, that's yeah. why I like, I think their roast beef sub is better than Yeah, I got, of course, it's why, I mean, how, I mean, so, right, we like Jersey Mike's, you know. Yeah, you know who has the better tuna sub? And this is uh, shocking, Subway. Subway does have a pretty good tuna sub. Yeah, yeah. doesn't yeah. seem like it should. Right, it should be that Subway has none of the best subs. Every time I go into Subway, as I'm ordering, I think you gotta get out of here. <laughs> totally. Yeah. And you get that like yeah. weird manufactured bread smell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You're like, this doesn't smell right. I gotta go. I gotta go. I gotta go. I gotta go anywhere else. I gotta go. I gotta go. I gotta go. God damn it, I'll find I'll take the tuna And then and then you eat it and you're like, that's pretty good, yeah. So Subway's the best tuna one, Jimmy John's is the best roast beef one, and Jersey Mike's is the best everything else. 
And I mean, we're of the chains, obviously, we have yeah. there's an Italian yeah. deli out here that trumps yeah. them all. Yeah. And in Jersey, there's a yeah, Sorrento's yeah. that's amazing. Anyway, uh, so, uh, but after, so the, uh, I saw the pictures, and then I thought, God damn it, I like their roast beef soup. And then I thought, what if I get it anyway? <laughs> It felt like a little bit of shoplifting, a little bit of cheating on your wife, right? right. Mm -hmm. It's like cheating on your progressive ideas. Right, totally. Like, ooh, like, don't tell anybody. I come in from the ceiling on Jimmy John's, and I grab a sub and pull me up. Yeah, I mean, it's such a waste of a Jimmy John's roast beef. I know it's good, but it's like the, but I did that one time. I was very thorough, you know, and they came up here. I did the Chick-fil-A. Boycott, right? Yeah, I'm still doing it. Um, it's driving me crazy. I don't care. It like I, oh, I call, like, I called it off. We won. Yeah, and not really as a tourist, but anyway. No, but I mean, you can get married. Oh, we won as yeah. gay people can get married. Yeah, so like check what? for like go fuck yeah, off whatever. Slash, give me a chicken sandwich. They just wasted their money. Yeah, you know, they, yeah. Um, but. Uh, like it's not like I would have gone to a lot of Chick Fil A's. I'm not sure I would have ever gone to one just out of like because I don't run into them that often. But it's haunting me that I can't. Right, of course. Yeah. Because I still have it. Like this is my only like band that's still in place. And I didn't want to stress myself out by banning Jimmy John's. Right, I got you. <laughs> like even if I never go again, it's not banned because if you it's could. banned, right. it's bothering me. Right, then you might go. <laughs> so I, I like I, every time I drive by a Chick Fil A, I'm not gonna go in. I wouldn't have gone in, but I drive by it. I'm like. I'm banned. I mean, you're banned. <laughs> so I've, I've been going to Atlanta for like 16 years now, and 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 I and I go for about a week, and and I'd always, you know, four or five nights, sometimes even six nights, and I would, uh, and one night was always, I'm having Chick Fil A, right? Mm -hmm. And I go all out. I get the sandwich, and the nuggets, and no, eat, eat the sandwich. That's dangerous. Eat the sandwich, and then like <laughs> the nuggets just. You know, as the night moves on, <laughs> right? You know, see, he's always thinking. So I banned them. I banned them. I did the boycott, and then I was starving when I landed one, you know, Monday. Oh well, that's an obvious exception to the boycott, <laughs> right? And I thought, the boycott. <laughs> oh, no, I'm kind of hungry, <laughs> right? The boy, the boy, I'm kind of hungry, and it's an airport. <laughs> oh well, uh, yeah, there's yeah. an obvious airport exception. This, this the, it was the it was the hunger slash airport exception. <laughs> I did it once. I felt bad, but then I, I thought we can end the ban. Now that we won, right? And uh -huh. uh, I mean, the the goodness won. And uh, um, but now I can go, and I don't go. See, yeah. at least you have peace of mind. Right, but I have peace of mind. Whereas yeah. I'm haunted. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, so but it, on the on the boat, I, so they have the buffet, and the, I found the things that I like there, and 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 we were on there for a week, but still, it was it was good. I didn't get too tired of the buffet. Uh, and then there was the other restaurants, but the other restaurants is hilarious. There's taste and savor right next to each other across the the deck or whatever. And uh, what, what cruise line were you on? A Norwegian. Mm -hmm. And uh, and we Wendy and I go to taste. We're like, oh, okay, that's an interesting menu. We go to savor, same exact menu. No, they're just called different. They're just called different things. That's crazy. And then we got dressed up. We went to the Manhattan yeah. uh, one night. And that's okay. you got to pay for, right? You have to pay. No, for no, no, that one you don't have to pay for. But it's a fancy one. It's the only one that's a fancy one you don't have to pay for. Right. Okay. You got to make reservations or something, right? Yeah. Something. Yeah. We get there. Same, same exact. <laughs> but you're wearing, but you're wearing a shirt with yeah, a collar. Yeah. But they have nightly specials. They have right. like three, four nightly specials. But otherwise, identical right. menu. Okay. So what they're trying to do is obviously push you to the restaurants where you have to pay. Mm -hmm. uh, but we would not bet. Uh, I was going to say, there's no way. <laughs> the Ugers, Ugers did not fall for that. <laughs> but mainly it was because it involved planning, yeah, right? I, I, like I, I went to one of the, like there was a French restaurant and I happened to be walking by it on the first day and it was, it was like nobody there. And I went and looked at the menu, we're having fun, I'm discovering the boat. And I say, okay, like, so we can come here any night. I get it, we pay a little bit more, but we like, no, no, this is the only night where we're not sold out. And then I got so stressed out, I was done with all of them. Yeah, yeah, it's not I'm, not. I'm not going down to the steak restaurant and asking him if they're sold out or not sold out or whatever. I think you right? could call. I'm pretty sure. Oh, I gotta find their number. That's even more stressful. I'd rather walk down. Find their number. You're on the boat. You pick up the thing. <laughs> Operator connects you. There's no number on the boat. Really? I don't yeah. know. They give you three seven three one two one two. No, this isn't the steak place. This is Maria. I'm on deck four. What are you talking about? No, I'm <laughs> telling you, they give you these stressful things on the boat. They give you like, they got all these papers, and then there's, there's activities, there's restaurants, there's little things, and 
So do you know how many activities we went to? You're too dumb to be inside the gate. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I'm at the gate. I just can't open the door. Can't open the door. Yeah. I'm like Bush in China. I'm like. <laughs> so, no, uh, we did. You know how many activities we did? None. Of course. Yeah. Because I kept looking at the activity list and going, oh, come on, come on, come on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I'll go I, back into the hole. I've never been on a cruise that I wasn't working. I, you know, did five TCM cruises. We're doing it again in October. It's coming back, and uh, and uh, and so you know the the I can't on the TCM cruise is very difficult for me. First of all, but the buffet breakfast is fine. Mm -hmm. Like mm -hmm. they got breakfast figured out, mm -hmm. right? I mean, there's eggs. It's like eggs, but right, that was true. Yeah, and in both at taste and at savor. <laughs> Uh, they had this dish, <laughs> and then I could recreate in the buffet if I wanted, and it was actually really good. It was, uh, and this dish is very variable. You know how we have our list mm -hmm. of variable foods. It's a biscuit with gravy with, I guess, piece of bacon or whatever sausage probably sausage probably, yeah. and then sausage on the side. Yeah, right, sausage and yeah, and it was just the best. Like, yeah, yeah. If you get that gravy wrong, it's the worst. No, and then you put a couple of poached eggs on top. That's yeah, it's crazy. funny you yeah. say that because I ordered the, sunny side up eggs yeah. on the side and then put them on. Yeah, and then the yolk mixes in with the gravy. Nah, come on, nah, come great. on. Then you mix the meat in a little. Come on. Yeah, yeah. Savers was a little bit better than taste, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and that's the kind of so breakfast they they all can do. So I can't really go to the buffet mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. because I I can't because eat. people can constantly yeah. come up to you, which I, I like people coming up to me. But at some point you're hungry and you got to eat. You just want to eat. And sometimes I got to work. Like I got to prepare for the next thing we're doing. Yeah. So if I go and I did go, but I I only go when I know okay this is going to happen and this is going to be okay. Yeah. So um so we had to go to the restaurants to eat, you know, and then some of them like we'd take guests and then we could charge them sort of and argue that we shouldn't pay. But every year I would say, hey, look. I'm not getting paid extra for going on this. That's fine, right? It's a part of my job and I like going mm -hmm. on. We're not losing money on this cruise. <laughs> like, uh, yeah. right? So I don't know, we're gonna have to figure out a way to eat where we don't, where it doesn't cost. Yeah, uh -huh. And that was, and as always, every event, Lee will come and she's like, oh, I'll come, it'll be great. I'm gonna get my hair done. There's a girl coming to fix my hair and I got a dress from Rent the mm -hmm. Runway. And I'm like, now how much money am I losing for doing this? Charity. Yeah, how totally. much I, I'm willing to not get paid. So when when I was dirt poor, uh, people sometimes would ask, like take me to a restaurant and do me, and they're like, oh, I'll take you out, and I'm just super nice to them. We go to a you know, nice, and then it's valet or whatever it is. The valet's eleven dollars, and I was like, that's like two meals for me. <laughs> like like I appreciate it, and of course you don't think of like, oh, the valet's eleven dollars, but I'm like, I'm. <laughs> Can I go back home and eat the hot pockets? <laughs> right. <laughs> so that's kind of you know. Yeah, a, a valets scale. were valets were were yeah yeah. It's always again. I don't want to. It's critical not to lose money. But but some of the restaurants on the cruise are like some frequently. I would go to fancy restaurants on the boat, and immediately think, oh man, that pasta with marinara sauce and that garlic bread at the buffet, sitting out at a plastic table and looking out at the ocean or hearing it at night. I mean, I instantly would rather be there. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, yeah. So, last thing about this, uh, because Craig told me I should tell you this on old school. Uh, so, there's like a, a, a cranky mom. We're standing this long line to get our kids into the goddamn kids club. Mm -hmm. Okay, and her and all the kids are getting fidgety. Of course, we've been staying there for a long time, right? And so, um, and her kids are getting fidgety. And then she grabs one of them. And she goes, "I, if you don't cut it out." I will embarrass you in front of everybody. That's awesome. And I wanted to lean in and go, too late. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think you'd have been in your I think you'd have been in your rights too. So here's what everybody should do. They should come on the TCM cruise and bring their kids because we do it on a Disney boat. Mm -hmm. You know, oh. and Disney mm -hmm. knows how to uh, treat kids and they know how to show movies. That's why we do it. They're great partners for us. Um, and uh, the ships are beautiful, and and uh, but you know it's a TCM crowd, which is uh, there aren't a lot of children. So yeah. you go on the Disney boat, but all those characters they got to be there. So there's all these Disney characters and all these people there for kids, and there's like 32 kids on the boat as a <laughs> of like and several they, thousand. They people. schedule on a normal cruise like 800 children, and uh -huh. there's like 30. 
So, and you, so the kids walk into the kids club, and all the characters like, "Hi, what's your name?" Yeah. <laughs> you know, right, right. and so you're like, got six. You're know, like, "Hey, I'm walking around with Elsa. I'm just we're gonna spend the day together." Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, there's no lines. There's no. It's fantastic. This, yeah. this was during spring break, so it was the exact opposite. Yeah, of course, we could yeah. not. We're gonna talk about outside the gates. We could not get the kids into the fortress of the kids club. Yeah. They were constantly at maximum capacity. We'd go wait an hour, uh, a line for an hour, and then, and then we wouldn't get in, and we'd just go back home. I'm like never go. going on a cruise. I'm not working, <laughs> or yeah. at least not with. Uh, oh, the I other thing yeah. that you wouldn't have enjoyed that I didn't enjoy. I liked everything else, but uh, it's so crowded, constantly yeah, yeah, yeah. bumping into people. And you know me, I don't like. Yeah, and then the people. hallways can be narrow. You got to pivot and turn sideways. Yeah, and, and yeah. people are a lot of people. Most people are very understanding. But of course, there's a minority that is not, right? Yeah, and that, that interaction stays with you. Yeah. 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 And like they will just, like, very crowded place, like a, at the buffet, and everybody's walking in a certain direction, and somebody will just stop walking and turn around, which is normal. But right, like, right. but in that context, you gotta be thinking, hey, there's people with plates behind me. Right. Everybody's walking in this direction, whatever, right? And they don't think about it. Okay, you bump into them, they bump into you. It's like annoying, but understandable. No, no problem. But then they get really mad at you, you're like, hey. and you're like, "Wait a minute! You're the one who stopped in the middle of everyone, right. and you don't get to be mad at me." And now I'm agitated. Yeah, and they they're thinking, "All these sheep's they're in the gate. I'm outside the gate. Uh -huh. I bump into people." <laughs> <laughs> okay, so. Um, but real quick, that moment then when you get a little space on the boat, and I, they're not the, our cruises aren't that crowded, and I mean. Deliberately, you know, we can mm -hmm. sell many more tickets than we do, and we're, we'll have the bigger boat next year. Even, but uh, um, and it, and when it, when it's a theme cruise, people are all there for a reason. We learned like one of the first people before we went to Disney, we had a uh, I can't remember the name of the company and First Man, I think. And they anyway, they they the guys who run that company and they sort of set up these theme cruises that that there's a number, and whether it's Turner Classic Movies or Kid Rock, right? Mm -hmm. When there are like I'm making it up now. Fewer than 2,500 guests. Everybody is like part, they're there because they love classic movies. They're there because they love Kid Rock. They're there because they love the Eagles, whatever mm -hmm. the reason is, right? They're there because they love uh, Dungeons and Dragons, like whatever the theme yeah, that's the is. John goes right, in, yeah. totally, yeah. Um, and, uh, and so, um, and everybody is respectful of everybody else because there is sort of a shared passion. For a certain thing. Oh, right, right, right. right. So there's just this. That makes you more of a community right, instead a, of a bunch of random that's right, people. That's right. Where you had a bunch of random people. This was a community of people. And whether it's Kid Rock or TCM or, or the Eagles or Guns, they all are into it. Then, but then you cross a number, like say 2,800. And then it's like you've unleashed the Kraken. Then there's too <laughs> yeah. many people. And then people are peeing in the pool and having sex in the hot tub and throwing people over. That's happening at a Turner Classic Movies. <laughs> we don't have that many people. That's what I'm saying. Oh, okay. We stay. No, this is what these guys told me like there's a number oh, that you oh, hit and then guys if, told you that. Yeah, okay. and if you go over that number all of a sudden it's bedlam, right? Yeah. Well, we were at 4,007 <laughs> yeah, people. Right. Yeah, and there was oh, definitely man. bedlam. Okay. Uh, but look, I, I, this is t what I'm about to say is totally bullshit, okay? But uh, this is the sense I got. So I told you, and I uh, talked about it in the post game too. That the cruise is totally middle class because you got to have enough money to get on the cruise, but wealthy people don't go on cruises with four thousand people and bump into them, right? right. Uh, and so they should, but they don't. Okay, it mm -hmm. is what it is, right? Or they not not they should. They do whatever the fuck. Right, they it depends want, right? on who. I mean, it depends on what we mean by wealth. Obviously, yeah. some very rich people do it. It's just if you're super rich, you don't. Yeah. Yeah. You, you do go on a cruise. It's called your yacht, right? Exactly. <laughs> okay. or, or 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 if you're slightly less rich, your rich friends, your richer friends' yacht. Yeah. Oh, right, definitely. Right, that right, definitely. Right, right. Okay. Anyway, so um, so did, I did you know that the DeVos family? I knew and forgot and was reminded owns the Orlando Magic. Her I did husband. Not know that. Her husband is the owner of the Magic. Ah, well, now I gotta hate the Magic. Now I gotta hate the Magic. Yeah. <laughs> okay. It's not that hard. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like actually, that, yeah, like that, that was not going to stress yeah, me out yeah. because I'm yeah, I'm actually not going to hate, I'm going to be wildly indifferent to them for the rest right. of my oh, life. Continue to be indifferent. Continue yes, exactly. Right. Uh, so so having seen and not even interacted that much because it mainly talked to my family, etc. And uh, the folks on the cruise, I came to a weirdly 
optimistic conclusion about the American people, uh, about the American people, the American middle class, mm-hmm. etc. So this is in a sense worse than the Thomas Friedman anecdotal. I talked to the taxi driver because right. in this case, I didn't even talk to most people. Right, you just right. looked at them. Yeah, and I was mm-hmm. like, I got it. <laughs> um, so they. Do they have stereotypes about other races, groups, etc.? No, <laughs> definitely. <laughs> of course, of course. Oh, all right. Well, okay. Uh, I and I told you this too. The the one thing they all share in common is tattoos. Mm-hmm. Okay, everybody's got tats, no matter what race, doesn't matter. Okay, mm-hmm. but um, so so you can I can hear the stereotypes. I can literally overhear them. You know, and um, but do they hate each other? No, they don't. Like I got this. Like the white guys might have certain stereotypes about the black guys and the Latino guys, etc. But they get along with them, right? It's like, and and so that doesn't mean the stereotypes aren't harmful. They are. They are, right? Those stereotypes lead to macro effects that really disadvantage black and some Latinos and other minorities. But it's it's this like an unfortunate stereotype as opposed to. I don't want to be near black people or I hate black people or I'm afraid of the black family on this cruise. You see right. what I'm it's saying? It's a little different when it's a cruise because it's temporary and you're in the middle of escapism, right? And mm-hmm. so you're, again, what we talked about before, you're having a, this escapist moment with these people who are different and you think it's delightful, right? So yeah. I, yeah. I, think, I mean, I think you're, I think you're right in a, in a, in a sense, but overlooking, you're not overlooking it, you know this, but the, 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 the problem with that idea is that um, while, and it's why when you call out racism, there is legitimate, for the Ben Shapiro's of the world. He does not think he's racist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, they don't because they are like, I get in a hot tub with a black family on a cruise. Uh-huh, yeah, right, yeah, you know, yeah. Um, uh, I got. I have. I'm totally. I'm super respectful to the Latino people. I don't really know any, but that I randomly <laughs> yeah. encounter over the course of the day. So they don't think that sort of they are advocating a system that marginalizes those people because they'll get in the hot tub. No, I know that, yeah. and 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 then they'll vote for Trump, who will actually do those that's policies, right, right, yeah. etc. So that's my base assumption already. But what I'm saying is, I I got hopeful that they can get past it. Right, it's, right. it's so it's the hatred is ingrained. Stereotypes could be temporary or could be we can work past them. Right, so like in the old days, like you weren't going to talk a Klansman into thinking that oh yeah that's okay, black people are the same or we can get in a hot tub. And look, I'm making obvious points. Yes, it's yeah. gotten better. It doesn't mean it's solved. All those things are true. I, I, but I'm telling you, I got the vibe that. It, they just don't know. Like if you, like today, we I met a world peace was on the show, and I was talking to him, and he and I said, "What do you think of Trump?" And he said, "Oh, in the beginning, I liked him because he's from New York." Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah, Matt right. is from New York. Mm. Trump's from New York. Everybody from New York knew Trump. Like, hey, that's our guy, right? But now is Matt a bad guy? No way. Matt is a terrific guy, right? He doesn't know, right? right? And and now he knows. He's like after two years, a little hard to support him, right? <laughs> right? Mm. And so. I, and in this case, not that they don't know about Trump, it's that I feel like if they got to like, they can get there. They can get there if the if it's not mean like you sit them down a forty eight year old guy and you reason him out of his stereotypes, but over time you can kind of yeah. Reason I think them out of their I think over time, but I, I I'm I'm not confident that uh, I mean unless we get everybody on a you know we get uh, Mitch McConnell, Nancy Pelosi, and. Alexandria Ocasio Cortez on a cruise. <laughs> in a hot no, no, I'm not yeah. talking about yeah. politicians. Yeah, no, so you know, know that's yeah. different. But, but, but look, that's why Obama won and Trump won, mm-hmm. and a lot of people voted for Obama and Trump, right? It doesn't mean that the people who voted for Obama and Trump don't have racist stereotypes, but they got past them. Like it was, in a sense, getting in a hot tub with Obama. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. said uncomfortable analogy. Yeah, yeah, no, I mean, it goes to, you know, yeah, and it's overcome, I mean, it's politics. I mean, we, you know, politics is a dirty word, but it's, the, you know, it's, 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 it's what, you know, it's what convinced people to vote for Trump, right? I mean, and, and Obama, like that, that those people were swung by the political charm, which was augmented by, you know, uh, uh, the manner in which they were covered, right? 
um, because that's all they have is how they are, present themselves and then they need a conduit to present themselves. Trump is going around that conduit much like Reagan was the first essentially speaking directly to the American people. Trump goes around it on social media. Yep. Um, and it's effective, it works for Trump. Um, but I, 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 I hesitate to, I mean, I think you're right. And I think that again, on a personal level, it's very easy to get past on a, on a big giant scale. It has proved incredibly hard to get past. It's, it's getting to know people more and more, more circulation. Let's circulate, let's right, circulate. Right, but, but of course, but we're, we're I'm, making, I'm, moving, I'm trying to move my hand in the opposite direction that you were just moving. Uh-huh. Um, uh, but we're circulating less. Yeah, I think we can circulate more. I mean, look, that's part of the reason why in my ideal world, we solved 28 things and then now we're on to uh, way more than 28. We're on to priority you know, 74 and, and I would love to make it mandatory that after high school, everyone has to take a year and, and do one of three things. And, and so progressives, some of you are gonna about to flip out in a second. One is join the military, yeah, of course, right? Mm-hmm. The other is join the Peace Corps. We talked about this on the United Terps, right? right. Yeah, and the fun. third is uh, AmeriCorps. That's right. Yeah, you got a you got a year, or I would even lean towards you know whatever a good year, twelve months minimum. Mm-hmm. You could do two years. Um, yeah, where you are, you give and and you give. Ideally, we incentivize. You know, maybe you do it right by your home because some people can't leave, but we incentivize you to go somewhere totally different. And and. Even if you're staying near home, and you don't have to go in the military, you don't have to shoot a gun. You could no, be a teacher in AmeriCorps, for, right? Yeah. Or you can go, or you want to go somewhere, go to Botswana and and dig wells and help people yeah. and bring water to that community, to save Flint. their lives. Go to or Flint, go to bring Flint water, and dig bring, wells. Bring, right, that's right, yeah. exactly. And but what it's going to do is it's going to get the kids from the Bronx and West Virginia and California and Rhode Island to mix. Yeah, and here's what you can't do under any circumstances: get out of it. That's right. Yeah. That's right. You can't get God, out. God, how great would that be? That's right. And and imagine what again, some good gets out of it because we're. I mean, it is cheap labor, right? You know, yeah. like we're doing. And uh, yep, uh, you get you get good stuff. That's right. Good things happen for the country, for the world, uh, and and we all get to meet each other and circulate and circulate, and that begins. Yeah, to so wash that's the idea. And, the and then and then now we get really smart people to figure out how we make them circulate. What's the process by which we yeah. get. Uh, kids from uh, 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 upstate New York to uh, uh, to go down south and teach, and to get kids uh, from Arkansas out to California, and get a ton of people into Appalachia and and, and the Ozarks. Okay, so um, all right, so that's that. Let let me uh, move to a fun topic. Uh, so Wendy uh, is constant. Well, Wendy's my wife, obviously. So. Constantly amazed by how much dust is in the vacuum cleaner. Okay, does this happen to you or anyone you know? Well, I'll be honest, I haven't cleaned the vacuum cleaner in a long time, but I used to. And so we have a transparent one. Oh yeah, we used to have one of those. Yeah, our vacuum cleaners. Um, I mean, they 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 break down like a Sam Bowie. Like I mean, oh yeah, they, they vac- just, yeah. no, that's great point. Mm-hmm. See, uh, vacuum cleaners have one of the highest power rankings for breaking down. Is that right? <laughs> yeah, we should do like a breakdown uh, uh, power, power rankings. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, we put top five answers on the board for things that break down. Okay, uh, smoke detectors. <laughs> no, they never break down. No, they don't yeah. break down. That's the problem. But they you, don't break down uh, unless banquets is involved. Right, and then when they do, what'd you say, Craig? Lawnmowers, I wouldn't, I literally would not know. Never. Have walked. you ever mowed a lawn? I mean, I've I've done it uh, manually with the yeah thing, but then you got to rake after ugh, the worst. No, it goes in the bag. Then you take the bag and you put it into the black bag. No, okay. I used to do it well, every other week. I did it when I did the thing. I made, it made my shins itch. Yeah, yeah. That the, the grass gets everywhere. Yeah, it's horrible. <laughs> well, we had a lawn, so yeah. we didn't really have a lawn. We we had one, but it was so sloped uh-huh. that that it was like too difficult and a little dangerous for me until I was like thirteen or fourteen. Uh-huh. And by then, the sort of the ship, ship had sailed. Yeah, the helpful ship had sailed. <laughs> yeah. That's funny. Yeah. Uh, so Wendy will be like, "Look, we vacuumed three days ago. Look at all this." Dust. I just, <laughs> I just, I just sit upstairs. I just look at it. every time. 
But it's not like half the time or 70% of the time. That's all that. Every single time she vacuums, she brings it to me no matter where I am in the house. So she'll drag the whole vacuum and be like, look, look, it's amazing. It's amazing how much dust is in there. I'm like, babes, the first time it was slightly, I wouldn't even say amazing, (laughs) slightly interesting. The 173rd time. Yeah, we are so past amazing. Yeah, but I, I respect her commitment to being amazed by simple things because I, I am amazed by simple things that aren't that other, pe- that other people don't find interesting because they're not interesting, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Um, but uh, to, for me, the vacuum, which I was always amazed by, I was. I'd be like, look, like you can't believe you lived with this stuff. That's what she's saying. Yeah. She's saying we're gross. That's what she's saying. Um, and so for me, it's the lint. The strip or whatever you call it in the dryer, uh-huh. right? Yeah, yeah. And like, like, where did that come from? Like, the clothes were clean when we put them in. Uh-huh. Like, well, how could by definition they weren't perfectly clean? But yes, no. I mean, they went in the washing machine. Yeah, and they're clean. Oh, oh right, right. You're going and then in the you dryer, put in the dryer right, and they're yes. they're clean. What is that? Like, that's just and, your clothes slowly falling apart. Right, but then they should fall with that much. They should. But they do. If you wear them long enough, like I do, my clothes literally fall okay, apart. Okay, but like you were wearing stuff at 26, you know, you're I'm still wearing it. Right. So that's what I'm saying. It's pretty slow. Oh, it is. No, no. Yeah. I, I look. I could document how long it takes for my clothes. <laughs> but I mean, to you'd think you'd be like, oh, I, this sweatshirt used to be a little meatier. You know what? In fact, you just solved a puzzle for me because when my clothes start disintegrating, I always thought like. How did that happen? But now putting the lint in the dryer thing together with the disintegration, that's where it went. It went in the dryer. Yeah, that's where it is. That's where it is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm glad we solved that one. Thanks for listening to this free clip of Old School. To get the full episodes and more exclusive content, become a TYT member today. You'll love it. Join now at tyt.com/slash join.